birthday. <laughs> okay. She, Bjork just showed up. That's how weird she is. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm <laughs> what are you excited about, Hannah? Um, it's my birthday and I got nine sweaters made from wool. I'm definitely oh, leaving. <laughs> no. She creeps me out. She makes me uncomfortable. Dragon wool is very good at handmade pieces, and I know no. you're thinking, where is it? Dragons have no. scales, but I promise you, no. if you'll find wool. I hate it so much. Anyway, happy birthday, Bjork. We love you. Deanna loves you. Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch, bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your list, take your shoulders, take your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be best. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Okay. All right. Girl. Deanna. Girl. Woman. Lady. <laughs> lady folk. Hello, I'm, Deanna. I'm Ladykin. <laughs> We're back there. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Deanna. Hello. How are you? Good after I had some peanut butter. Ooh, yeah. Peanut butter. That'll do the trick. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yummy. Peanut butter is magic. You got some protein. You got some healthy some fats. Healthy fats. A little bit of sugar because I like Jeff. Mom's, you know? mom's approve. What is it? What's the saying? Whatever. I don't know. This isn't an ad for Jif. They're not paying us. <laughs> I wish they would. That would be Jif, great. sponsor us. Jif, the peanut butter, unlike the graphics interface, whatever the fuck. Called a GIF, not a Jif. Yeah, I call it GIF. It's a GIF because the word is graphics. Yes. You don't call it graphics. Anyway. You don't call it graphics. You I don't. Like, it's graphics. I like the word graphics though. Graphic. Graphics. 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 Yep. Maybe we should start this podcast. Oh, maybe. <laughs> You're listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. This is a podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's about that. That explains that, that it. That sums really. it up. Yeah. Um, this is a podcast. It's a thing you listen to. Um, the one that you have chosen to listen to is a weekly podcast about women and women folk. And we talk about them from history, from today, from where we are in New York and, you know, anywhere that ripples beyond that, that there are women and women folk. All right. How's cool. that? I feel like one of these days we're going to get it like... Really succinct, but this was good. This was a good effort. I like yeah. changing it up. And when I do it, it's spontaneous and therefore <laughs> always sounds a little unrehearsed because it is. I like it. But, I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> hope you're here and ready to listen about ladies. Yes, ma'am. It is and uh, some loud music from the street. Oh, yeah. It's still um, Native American Heritage Month. Yes, Hannah, it is. That, it is the month of November. Yes, I am. It is the day before Thanksgiving, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it drops. Yep. So it is very appropriate yep. to talk about 
Native American heritage. Yep. <laughs> and, and, that, and on that note, don't you have a little something yeah. in that spirit? Yeah. Well, so I really, I got curious as I, when I realized that our episode was dropping before Thanksgiving, I was mm. like, well, I'm curious it's to just know. It's like a big food prep day. Yeah. I was like, why, like, what's the, what is the real story? Because I don't actually know it. I only know that it's not what we think it is. Oh, it's, it's not? It's not what we think it is. Um, and so I did a little researching and I found this um, short article by Susan Bates called The Real Story of Thanksgiving on manataka.org, okay. which is the website for the Manataka American Indian Council. So it felt like it might be, you know, kind of um, relevant. Cool. Yeah. Tell me about it. So I'm just going to read this to you because I think she did a good job. Okay. It goes, most of us associate the holiday with happy pilgrims and Indians sitting down to a big feast. Yep. And that did happen once. The story began in 1614 when a band of English explorers sailed home with a ship full of, uh, and I'm going to butcher this word, Patuxet? Patuxet? P-A-T-U-X-E-T. I apologize for my horrible pronunciation of that. Yeah, the the ship was bound for England, and they were um, uh, going to be slaves. Fun stuff. So they left behind smallpox, which virtually wiped out those who had escaped. Great. Awesome. By the time the pilgrims arrived in Massachusetts Bay, they found only one living um, Patuxet, Patuxet Indian, a man named Squanto, um, or known as Squanto. He had a different name, but that was kind of the way that they were able to pronounce his name, <laughs> yeah. which is great, um, who had survived slavery in England and knew their language. He taught them to grow corn and to fish and negotiated a peace treaty between the pilgrims and the Wampanoag nation. At the end of their first year, the pilgrims held a great feast honoring Squanto and the Wampanoags. But as word spread in England... About yeah, it's amazing that he even taught them shit after escaping slavery. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean... They are I wish I knew more of the story there, but that's what we've got. Okay. Um, but as word spread in England about the paradise to be found in the New World, religious zealots called Puritans began arriving by the boatload. Finding no fences around the land, they considered it to be in the public domain. Free for all. Free for all. Joined by other British settlers, they seized land, capturing strong young natives for slaves and killing the rest. But the Pequot Nation had not agreed to the peace treaty Squanto had negotiated, and they fought back. The Pequot War was one of the bloodiest Indian wars ever fought. In 1637, near present-day Groton, Connecticut, over 700 men, women, and children of the Pequot tribe had gathered for their annual Green Corn Festival, which is um, their Thanksgiving celebration. What year is this? 1637. Okay. In the pre-dawn hours, the sleeping Indians were surrounded by English and Dutch mercenaries who ordered them to come outside. Those who came out were shot or clubbed to death, while the terrified women and children who huddled inside the longhouse were burned alive. The next day, the governor of Massachusetts Bay Colony declared a day of Thanksgiving because 700 unarmed men, women, and children had been murdered. Oh, boy. Cheered by their victory... The brave colonists and their Indian allies attacked village after village. Women and children over 14 were sold into slavery, while the rest were murdered. Boats loaded with as many as 500 slaves regularly left the ports of New England. 
Bounties were paid for Indian scalps to encourage as many deaths as possible. Following an especially successful raid against the Pequot in what is now Stamford, Connecticut, the churches announced a second day of, quote, Thanksgiving to celebrate victory over the heathen savages. During the feasting, the heads of natives were kicked through the streets like soccer balls. Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) Even the friendly Wampanoag did not escape the madness. Their chief was beheaded and his head impaled on a pole in Plymouth, Massachusetts. It's fucking ridiculous. Where it remained on display for 24 years. You fight us, it sucks. You work with us, it sucks. We're we're just... Yeah. European settlers were just trash. The killings became more and more frenzied, with days of Thanksgiving feasts being held after each successful massacre. Yeah, what is this? People got the bloodlust, and they're just like, wee! Yeah. George Washington finally suggested that only one day of Thanksgiving per year be set aside instead of celebrating each and every successful massacre. Right, and it was initially in October, remember? Um, oh yeah, that's right. But he designated it. Yep. And later, Abraham Lincoln decreed Thanksgiving Day to be a legal national holiday during the Civil War on the same day he ordered troops to march against the starving Sioux in Minnesota. Great. This story doesn't have quite the same fuzzy feelings associated with it as the one where the Indians and pilgrims are all sitting down together at the big feast, but we need to learn our true history so it won't ever be repeated. Next Thanksgiving, when you gather with your loved ones to thank God for all your blessings, think about those people who only wanted to live their lives and raise their families. They also took time out to say thank you to the creator for all their blessings. Yes, I agree. I think it's important to know the history and important also to be reminded of the spirit in which they tried to sugarcoat it because that's a more positive outlook right ultimately they were maybe ashamed of it at some point and so that's where we got the the friendly you know the this idea that everyone was friendly and instead of let's give thanks that we're slaughtering a bunch of people yeah we're we're winning yeah it's um it's real fucked but i think it's important i think it's important to know that and i didn't know all of that Especially because Thanksgiving is tomorrow and we are going to, I mean, we're going to do it too. We're going to sit down and we're going to make a fuck ton of food and, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, I think it's lovely to have a day where it, you are specifically feasting, as I love food, but also like as cheesy as it is sometimes for some families, like the thought of being grateful for the things that you do have and because it's so easy to focus on the negative. I don't know. But anyway. Well, I feel thankful that now I know the true history of the holiday. I feel like. I feel thankful that you told me. (laughs) (laughs) I think those are important things to be thankful for. And I, I think that the spirit of the, of the holiday as we celebrate it now Obviously is very different, but I'm glad that I know where it came from. Know your history. Know your history. Do better in the future. Fucking right. (laughs) That's the point of learning history. Yep. So that we don't make the same mistakes. I just spilled water on myself. I always make that mistake. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hard one to not do. That's the physical thing. Yeah. 
What's up, witches? We have some really exciting news. We have just launched our Patreon. Yay! Woohoo! Something we've been trying to do for a while. Yes. And we've finally gotten there. Yes. And if you are not familiar with Patreon, it is basically a platform that helps content creators like us us, make a little bit of money to help with costs associated with creating that content. Right. You can find us at patreon.com slash gwbbpodcast, mm-hmm. um, and we'll have the link in our show notes. Yes. At the moment, we have a very basic tiered system. You get to be a patron of this show, and you can opt in to whether or not you want to be a good witch patron or a bad bitch patron. It's the same if you do a minimum donation of $3 or more per month, and uh, the first 10 people of each will get a free pin corresponding, corresponding to whichever option you chose hell yeah and you'll get a shout out on the podcast as a good witch or a bad bitch whichever one you choose to be which is pretty fucking rad yeah we're pretty excited about that and we really appreciate all of the support that you guys have given us thus far and that you'll continue to give us hopefully fingers crossed and we look forward to seeing you in our patriosphere hell yeah matriosphere on patreon (laughs) Yeah. yeah Let's go with it. Cool. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. We love you. Well, do you have um, have somebody to tell me about? Or are we just ending it here? No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually. And I'm, I, this is somebody that I considered doing a while ago, and then it just felt really appropriate. She ended up being taking a, a back burner to someone else. And this seemed like the very appropriate time in which to talk about her. Sweet. Um, and it's actually pretty brief, um, cause there's only a, a limited amount of information about her cause it was from a while ago and at a time when stories about people like her weren't very valued. So, um, I'm going to talk to you today about, uh, Anna Kaona. Oh, I know this name maybe from my research. Okay. Well now I'm, now I'm, my interest is peaked. Could be. Could be, could be. Tell me, tell me. Um, so my sources this week um, are going to be ModernNotion.com, uh, Wikipedia, and Rejected Princesses. So Shred. here we go. All right. Doom, doom, doom. Uh, and it's actually in the same spirit, sort of, of what you were talking about. Because ah. we're going a little, little ways back. All right. It is, thankfully, now common knowledge that Christopher Columbus and his geographically challenged crew were murderous slavers, raping and pillaging their way across the Caribbean. <laughs> As in, cutting people's hands off if they didn't give enough gold, pretty much starting the transatlantic slave trade, kind of terrible. Ugh. But while learning about their horrific quote-unquote, achievements may be standard curriculum nowadays, it's far rarer for us to learn anything about the people that they massacred. Yeah. Many of the indigenous people they oppressed tried to push back and rise above. Their stories are so little taught that it may surprise you to learn that when Columbus visited the Taino people in what is today known as Haiti, he was greeted by a woman. She had come alongside the others to negotiate greetings. Her name was Anna Kaona. And hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, That's the usual disclaimer. Yes. Um, She was famous for her poetry, songs, and aretos, aretos, which was traditional dances of the Taino people. She was not only an artist, but also an oral historian, shaping the narrative passed down to future generations. And as we know, just in looking at history of cultures and looking at, like, media now... The way stories are shaped can change history, and stories hold power. Histories yes. hold power. So your historians are very important. 
Um, her story takes place in Hispaniola, which is the greater Antilles island that's split between the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Uh, but before the arrival of Europeans, the Taino people called it Aiti. Mm. So, like, that's kind of like Haiti. Aiti. Yeah. Aiti. Oh. Anacaona, which means golden flower, oh. was about as upper class as it got for the Taino people. Married to one of the top five caciques, Taino chiefs. I'm just going to use the word chief from here on out in (laughs) case I'm slaughtering that and it hurts people's ears. Uh, And she was sister to another chief. She was one of the most respected people in the culture. Anna Kaona's high status was probably strengthened by elements of matrilineal descent in the Taino society, which harkens back to last week when we talked about the significance of matrilineal societies within native culture. Yep. Uh, Taino chiefs usually passed inheritance to the eldest children of their sisters. Hmm. If their sisters had no children, then they chose among the children of their brothers. And when there were none, they fell back upon one of their own. Hmm. When Columbus and his crew first landed, both Anna Kaona and her brother greeted them as equals to negotiate. On that occasion, Columbus successfully negotiated for tribute of food and cotton to be paid by the natives to the Spanish under his command. Mm. This visit is described as having taken place in a relatively friendly atmosphere. Uh, Several months later, Columbus arrived with a caravel to collect a part of the tribute. Uh, Anna Kaona and Bohechio, her brother, had sailed briefly aboard his caravel as guests. And at first, relations uh, between the native Taino people and the conquistadors were relatively cordial, considering... Uh, the natives realized far too late their lands were actually being stolen and their subjects being enslaved. Um, But by this time, I was reading um, Columbus and his men already had a reputation for, like, being rapists and pillagers. And so the general consensus politically was to be like, okay, let's appease them to a point. Yeah. For survival. Yeah. To, like, hopefully, like, shoo them out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when Anna Kaona's brother died, she succeeded him. And when her husband, Kaunabo, was imprisoned for leading armed attacks against the colonialists, something for which he might have been framed for, and oh. sent to Spain as a slave. Oh, she, so he was imprisoned not by his own people, but by... by <gasps> oh. Uh, and then sent to Spain as a slave. Uh, she succeeded him, too. Uh, he actually died in a shipwreck on the way to Europe. Um, which is probably lucky, frankly, considering the other option of becoming a slave. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but take it how how you will. Maybe he was lucky. Maybe he wasn't. It all fucking sucked. Um, But anyway, with her brother and her husband dead, she took on the mantle of chief. Whoa. Yep. In spite of her personal losses, and although the Europeans had been killing Taino people for years, Anna Kaona realized her people could not compete on a military footing and established a different policy to that of her husband, one of outward appeasement and integration. Hmm. She continued to work with her oppressors in order to keep her people safe. In addition to her roles as leader and diplomat, Anna Kaona was also apparently very beautiful and skilled at creating songs, poems, and dances. She was like wow. a, a poet chief. Oh, Which I is love really that. cool. Yeah. Poet chief. And a storyteller chief. <sighs> Dancing chief. Very just creative and worldly. Mm-hmm. And smart, <laughs> it and would seem. And smart. Uh, Anna Kaona's approach would be familiar to royalty around the world, flattery and intermarriage. 
each time a European dignitary, usually one of Columbus's brothers, Ew. came to visit, she adjusted the schedule to stop by her, uh, her storehouses that she could shower the Europeans with gifts and have legions of women dance for them. She insisted on checking out their ships and gushed over their big, strong cannons. So, so she was trying really hard to like... To just to be like, look, we're don't we're fine. Don't kill us. Yeah. Like, just let us live our lives. Yeah. Maybe we can just coexist peacefully. Right. And then, oh, you're oh, wow, your cannons are so big. They're so strong, <laughs> so manly. Uh, and one pretty suspect telling uh, Fernandez de Oviedo, a spectacularly repressed European visitor, oh, no. described her and her women as willing to sleep with any and all Europeans. Oh, fuck you. Uh-huh. Jesus. Uh-huh. Also, he probably doesn't understand the meaning of willing. Mm, definitely not. Oh, boy. <laughs> Her plan to tighten bonds through marriage took root with the approach of young Spaniard Fernand de Guevara. Smitten by Anacona's daughter, Higemota, Guevara wanted to marry her. However, his plans were stymied by his superior officer, who was against the marriage for seemingly no reason at all. Great. Uh, one source suggested that maybe he'd been interested in her daughter first. Oh, God, dudes. Ugh. This, along with other grievances, led many of the men to mutiny. Oh, my God, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> I just love that they still find some, they're being completely amenable and nice, and then they still find a way to be like, fucking Taino people, like, what are they doing? The it's number like... of stories that we've talked about on this show where, like, men just don't get to put their dick in something, and then they <laughs> fucking mutiny. Murder people about it. It's like, I it's... can't put my dick in this. I want to kill someone about it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how yeah. often that happens. Uh-huh. My God. Um, let's see. Mutinies and other colonialist infighting, some spurred by the Taino, some not, uh, served to divide up the European forces for several years, which is great. Do you know what that means? Spurred? Like what? That means that maybe sometimes it was encouraged. Like they had. Like they, they were. Manipulating them to fight right. one another. And sometimes they weren't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, the two lovers never married. Darn. Uh, Guevara's <laughs> superior was ultimately the victor in their struggles. And then Guevara was imprisoned and possibly killed. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. The situation worsened in 1502 when the Spanish crown appointed a real bag of dicks as governor. <laughs> uh, his name was uh, Nicolás de Ovando. De Ovando. Uh, and he represents one of the lowest points of the deep chasm of colonial amorality. Oh, great. Which is fun. And there was a lot of it. I mean... So if he was at the deepest part of that chasm, then the, that's... Yeah, it cannot be good. No. Um, he grew suspicious, for literally no reason, that Anna Kaono was plotting to overthrow him. Uh, absolutely ridiculous notion. Oh, God. He believed that in spite of all her kindness, generosity, and integrity shown to the European invaders, uh, she was doing this, like plotting against him, even though she'd literally done nothing but be nice. Like he thought that she, the niceness was fake. Wow. Um, she'd done nothing but give money, food, and friendship to any and all Europeans, in, even after 10 years of them consistently murdering her people. And imprisoning her brother? Her husband. Her husband? And enslaving him. And ensla I mean, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That alone. Mm -hmm. So in a feat of counterplotting, he lulled her into a false sense of security by announcing he was going to visit her to sign a peace treaty. 
Oh. He and he requested that she bring together all the other Taino chiefs for the event. Fuck. Oh fuck. Mm. You know how this goes. Yeah, mm. I do. Cause dudes. Cause yeah, conquistadors. Conquistadors. <laughs> Colonialists. Although Anna Kaona had no reason to trust him, her desire for peace after a decade of slaughter outweighed her suspicions, so she did as requested. Oh. Once again, she went to the trouble of arranging a massive welcome, putting together music and dances and gifts. After the Taino displays of festivities, uh, of festivity, she and the other chiefs, all unarmed and largely unclothed, sat back and watched the armored colonialists engage in some friendly jousting. Uh-oh. As you might have surmised, it did not stay friendly for very long. Oh, no. Once Ovando gave the signal, the soldiers turned on the Taino. The soldiers ushered the area's lesser chiefs into a nearby building, uh, tied their hands to the building posts, and then set the building on fire. Whoa. Killing everyone inside. And these are all the lesser chiefs. Oh. Um, the colonialists proceeded to thunder around the village on horseback, stabbing fleeing villagers in the back. Oh, God. Some of the uh, soldiers, which this speaks volume, some of the soldiers aghast at the massacre attempted to help the Taino escape on horseback, but the escapees were caught and had their legs cut off. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, the Taino, who did manage to escape to a nearby island, were later enslaved. Huh. Yeah. Anna Kaona was spared this due to her rank as, like, the main chief, and instead had a different fate in store. Desiring to make an example of her, Ovando brought her to Santo Domingo and put her on a public trial. And, uh... For what? Plotting to overthrow him. Oh, God. <laughs> um, he had tortured the other chiefs into turning on her before killing them. So he had all the evidence. Oh, fuck. It's another one of those tortured until there's a confession. Uh-huh. Great. And that was all the evidence he needed in order to find her guilty and um, oh. execute her. To add insult to injury... It's said that Anna Kaona was offered clemency in exchange for her loyalty to the Spaniards in the form of either a marriage to one of them or as a concubine, depending on which account you read. Fuck you. She refused. Good. Mm -hmm, and was found guilty. Ugh. Anna Kaona was hanged in a public square in September 1503. She was 29 years old. Ugh. God. But Ovando's betrayal of the Taino led to his downfall. Good. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Disgusted by reports of his behavior, Queen Isabella demanded Ovando be dismissed from her deathbed. <laughs> she was dying and, and literally she was like, was like this guy. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, King Ferdinand eventually did dismiss him, but it was ultimately too late. Ugh. By 1507, there were only 60,000 Taino people alive. 1507. At first contact in 1492, their population had been estimated as high as half a million. Jesus. So that was 15 years. Wow. And the majority of their people were slaughtered or enslaved. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Fun. In the centuries since, Anna Kaona has been heralded as one of the Caribbean's most enduring heroines. 
Her name graces innumerable poems, songs, roads, schools, and statues, even as holidays and statues commemorating colonialists, such as Christopher Columbus, are coming down all around the world. Fuck yeah! She is known today as a fearless, dignified Caribbean icon and a symbol of resistance against tyranny. I love that. Which I find great. Uh, As the creative poetic leader, like she was a creative leader. Yep. And she worked really hard to keep her people alive. But, you know. Man. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've never, if you have never seen colonialism, you... You won't know how to fight it. You'll assume that, I mean, you would just assume that people are going to fight or or come to the table with the same ground rules. Like, if you yeah. are a decent person who respects other people. And that's part of your culture. Like, the assumption is that you respect them so they respect you. Yeah. And that's how that works. When really, white colonialism had absolutely no respect no. They didn't care because they viewed native peoples as savages or lesser than and decided yeah. that therefore they were ordained by God to do whatever the fuck they wanted. A lot of them still believe that. Uh-huh. <sighs> but she was a badass. She was a fucking badass. And I'm really glad that record of her still exists in spite of a lot of things that were, you know. I think it's really cool that she is commemorated in so many ways and places. There are a lot of poems and songs. There was a um, a poem about her, actually, that I was thinking about reading on air by Tennyson. But then I realized I didn't want to read a poem written by a white dude about her. Oh, yeah. Because there was, like, a line <laughs> in it that was, like, she was so nice to all the European men because they were so much fairer than the men. And I was like, nope, fuck you. I'm done with this. That's not why. <laughs> Yeah, you don't get to make that determination, Tennyson. <laughs> bye bye. But he, yeah, but the, the point is that many people throughout history have been inspired by her and her sort of, you know, diplomatic way of approaching things. And also, I thought it was cool that the assumption, I, I, it, it's amazing to me how much more forward thinking a lot of these native civilizations seem to be about gender equality. Like oh, yeah. she just, it was like, what they were fucking equal. She and her brother, they were both, you know, she comes from basically their version of royalty, wife of a chief, sister of a chief. Well, they didn't have like Succeeded that. as chief because they understood that women had valuable things to, to contribute to society. Yeah. They, they didn't denigrate women's work. They didn't have that whole clashing of matriarchal and new patriarchal cultures and societies right. that the, you know, the other continent had yeah. the big the big continent was it was going on at that time and and there was a lot of conquering happening and a lot of patriarchy you know blooming and they didn't have that over here in the right. same way you right. know it just didn't didn't happen yeah and so those the idea of those gender roles must have been completely baffling because they be they like, didn't what, have how that. do you treat your women yeah i mean or, or, even, or to even have like a european come to the table and be like, what the fuck is she doing? I don't care. Or like constantly being like, okay, sweetie, like the men are talking and have, you know, the, the other people on the other side of the table be like, what are you, what? Yeah, what are you why, are you... why are you being like this? I mean, really? Wow. Short and sweet, but worth talking about, especially yeah. because I realized I didn't really know a whole hell of a lot. I mean, we don't know a lot about Native American stories and history 
full stop. But <clears throat> frequently, like, I'm going to sound so stupid even saying this, but like, you forget that, like, you think of the Caribbean in a certain way now because it looks much more diverse after colonialism and the slave trade and all that. Yeah. You forget that there, like, there was a native people there. Right. Very different from, like, the mainland tribes. And, like, they yeah. had their own sort of very distinctly Caribbean native culture. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I was like, oh, shit. I, I completely was so excited to just talk about a woman from, I mean, it's still the Americas. Yeah. But it's just very different I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I, no, I think it's no, not at all. <laughs> and I think it's really cool that you picked her, especially because as we are talking about Thanksgiving and we're talking about, you know, the fact that this holiday, we've been sold this ho- holiday as a, a triumph in diplomacy between native uh, indigenous people and colonialists and yeah. settlers. And she was somebody who was a true diplomat. And worked really hard to be. Yeah. And still, I hate to even say it, but it's like one dude was like, fake news. They're, that 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 niceness isn't real. There are really snakes underneath. Yep. She's a snake, even though she's like, no, I'm li- I'm literally just trying to, to live in harmony here. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it's like, liar, fake news liar. I mean, you guys showed up on my land, and all I've done since you showed up is, is try throw and- throw you parties and send you dancing women and get to give you poems and talk about how big your fucking cannons are yeah. and how strong you guys are and- I'm trying to and share give you this wives. space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she's very inspiring. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I figure a lot of people had, uh, they have shit to do today anyway. So maybe yeah. keeping it a little short and sweet. Yeah, I is, agree. It's helpful. I agree. You yeah. want some on this day? I do. Okay. I'm going to be do- doing this on the fly, so get ready for some editing. It's the 21st? <laughs> today is the 21st of yes. November. Um, doop, doop, doop. 164 B.C., during the Maccabean Revolt, Judas Maccabeus, hello, I don't know Bible stories, recaptures Jerusalem and rededicates the Second Temple commemorated since as Jewish festival Hanukkah. Whoa. Uh, 1787, oh, no. Andrew Jackson admitted to the bar. What a shitty decision oh, that boy. was. Oh, what an asshole. 1871, November 21st, the first human cannonball is fired. What? Emilio Onra. <clears throat> like at, like at a circus or yeah I would presume so what the fuck <laughs> oh my god <laughs> why would anyone do that I don't know uh, adrenaline junkies uh, yeah that's mm. fair let's see do 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 1906 China prohibits the opium trade really yep fascinating 1916, HMHS Britannic sinks in the Aegean Sea after a mine explodes, killing 30 people. That was actually a really great um, evacuation. It was a hospital ship at the time in World War I, and it hit a mine and sank in like an hour really fast. And uh, because it was a huge ship, it was a sister ship to the Titanic, and barely anybody died, which like is amazing. Have you read Salt to the Sea? No. You should. It's about a ship sinking. Uh, oh, I would love it then. Yeah. My weird ass shit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, there's actually, it's so funny because I remember watching this video, real-time video of the Britannic sinking. Um, oh. It's an animation, but basically I watched an hour-long video of it. But there were uh, eyewitness accounts, like, dubbed over while it was happening. Oh. And I, there was, like, one officer who very specifically was like, I was so impressed with the ladies on because they were all nurses. So they were like, they was like, they didn't panic. They were very orderly. They helped us evacuate the ship. And they did, and it was amazing. I didn't know women could be like that. And what? it was like, oh, imagine. Oh my <laughs> so God. Socialization. Hey. Ah. That was 1916. Um, oh, 1920, Mussolini's squad begins terror. 11 die in Bologna, Italy. <laughs> it's not Bologna. 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 Woo! Bologna. It smelled like bologna. That's why I was like, nope, that's wrong. Bologna. My brain. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> bologna, Italy. I'm glad I could bring you joy on this, the day of thanks. Be, be grateful for my oh, gaffes. I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, this one's relevant, especially after Jeanette Rankin. Um, 1922, Rebecca L. Felton of Georgia is sworn in as the first female U.S. senator. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Jeanette Rankin was the first U.S. representative. Right. That was, a, like, first woman, period. What year was this? 1922. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are you excited about? I'm excited about... Um, more TV. Yay. Because I binged, I fucking binged Superstore um, the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I had never, when every time I pass it on Hulu, I, you know, I don't know. I would kind of look at it and go, eh, I don't know. That's, yeah. It looks funny, but maybe not. Maybe not today. And then I just randomly was like, I'm going to try it and ended up watching all of it very quickly. Nice. Because it's. That's a good feeling. It is. And it's so, it's so funny. It has a, I won't say it's a shaky start because it's pretty consistent throughout, mm. but they kind of position the main male character to be a little bit more like, you know, male lead character yeah. than than what he ultimately becomes, which is like a pretty normal dude who is a little pretentious, but also a nervous, pacifistic kind of sweet person. And then, of course, America Ferreira is... Who I love. ...the main character. Yeah, and she's so good. Um, I identify with her a lot. And, um, yeah, it's... They have a really great dynamic. The The whole ensemble is really fucking funny and fantastic. And it's... The group is mainly... Um, mainly people of color. They have a couple of white dudes, but they're... they're like, the store manager is a is a white guy named Glenn who is, he's very funny. And he's, he, I don't know if this is his real vi voice or not, but he like puts on this crazy, like, hi, I'm Glenn. Like, this is my voice. And you know, he puts on this crazy high voice. That is not his real voice. Thank God. And he's fucking hilarious. And then, <laughs> and then Ike Barinholtz's brother is on it. Oh. Yeah. And Ike Barinholtz is, I didn't he's, know his brother acted. Me neither. I didn't know he had one. But Ike Barinholtz, is, his newest movie is The Oath, I think, with Tiffany Haddish. Haddish yeah. Is that right? Um, so, yeah, his brother's in it. He's very funny. And, um, yeah, it's just like it's a good group. It's a good ensemble. And it's about a bunch of people who work in a Walmart-esque store. And 
all of the shenanigans that they get up to, but also every now and then they cover, like, very real yeah, things. Yeah, which is the point of a good, like, comedy. Yeah. And that's that. I'm, I'm glad we could end this episode on an upper note, because, you know, Thanksgiving yeah, history is a downer. But we are thankful for lots of things. Yes, we are. And I like to look forward and be positive. <laughs> Are we thankful for this podcast? Hell yeah. Are we thankful for all the people who listen? Oh my God, yes. We're thankful for you guys. Thankful for you, dear listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat lots of good food. Hopefully you don't fight with your family too much. (laughs) If you do, I hope you teach them something new. Yeah. Talk about Anna Kaona. (laughs) Yeah, or the history of Thanksgiving. Talk about Squanto. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Find us on social media, GWBB Podcast, Instagram and Twitter, GWBBpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a line. Say hello. We love it. Um, And we love you. And have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week. Peace out, witches. Bye. Mm, Mashed potatoes. Mm. Stuffing. Stuffing's so good. That's my favorite. Oh, I make a good. Remember that butternut squash that I make? <gasps> so good. Delicious. I'm gonna go eat some food now. Boyd, thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you for our listening. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and more. Basically, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you like our podcast, it would be really helpful if you could please like and subscribe, rate and review, share with your friends on social media, word of mouth, Mm -hmm. all of that. It's great. Yes. And you can find us on Twitter at GWBB Podcast. Instagram is the same. And we are on Facebook under Good Witches, Bad Bitches Podcast. And hey, guess what? If you want to hear all of our episodes, they are all up at our website, GWBBpodcast.com. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to share with us and that you want us to share on our podcast at some point, you can email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, you know what? If you like what you hear, maybe please consider a little bit of supporting us financially by visiting our tip jar. Um, The link is in the show notes. Every little bit helps. It just kind of makes it so that we can keep this going so that it has some longevity. So just think about it. See see how you feel about it. Or you can support this podcast directly by buying us a coffee on our (laughs) Ko-Fi. So that is ko-fi.com slash GWBB podcast. Coffee start at $3 because that's generally the price of a fancy coffee and it just helps us keep the ship going. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is produced by Moon Bounce and powered by Pine Boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening.